Welcome to the SCG Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for our weekend services in person in our West Auditorium. You can also tune into our service live online at scgchurch.org or live on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Really? That's what you got? That's the best you can do? Good morning. That's good. I just want to make sure you're awake. This is going to be a good talk. I don't want you to miss it, okay? I'm only going to do it once. I want you to catch it. It's going to be good. Actually, hey, if you're a guest, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Uh, uh, I think we still have, like, goodies for you. If you stop by the information booth out there, tell them you're a guest. They'll probably give you something, like something really good, like food. So you might want to do that. So, hey, listen, uh, this is Veterans uh, Day. Uh, we've been uh, celebrating the last couple of days, and we would like to honor the veterans. If you're a veteran, would you please stand? Thank you. Thank you. We just, we never want you to think that we don't remember, we don't appreciate your sacrifice, and, uh, and we, uh, again, again, say thank you. We can never say thank you enough for your service, so we just wanted you to know that. So I uh, wanted to do that today. Hey, uh, we've been in this series, and this is the last of the series, and this series is about tables and, uh, and the importance of coming to a table, and uh, we're going to finish it up today. It also coincides with us uh, doing a campaign to raise money to finish up our CLC, to start a grade school next year, and, uh, and so <coughs> we'll give you more information about that at the end, but it's it's, a, it's been a really uh, kind of, um, yeah, fun series and fun talking to people about things. And, and so Cody and I have been praying a lot about the future and about what's going to happen in the future. And, and uh, so we want to kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know, just in, include you in that. You guys have been great. Uh, so uh, with the first week, we talked about a table and uh, just the value of coming to a table. And, and, and then we talked about the you come to a table not only for fellowship, but for food, for nourishment, spiritual nourishment. And, and then last week, uh, Cody talked about your place at the table. And today I want to talk about just some of the things that happen at the table and the importance of them, um, both uh, uh, as, a, as, a, as a person, as a family, um, as a church. And, uh, and then we're going we're gonna to celebrate by giving back to God um, <coughs> with both uh, actual gifts and, and pledges uh, toward uh, finishing up this project. And uh, so we're very excited about it. So anyway, here, let, me, let me read for you, kind of to get us started, uh, a little paragraph. I was, I was just thinking about the situation in the world, and I wanted you to, to kind of hear uh, these thoughts and see what you think. In a world without restraints where our value is determined by how many followers we have on social media and our self-worth fluctuates according to the number of likes we get on a given day, we need a place that is stable and grounding. An anchor that reminds us who we are and what is important and that we matter, that we matter no matter what the trolls say. Um, an environment with real people encouraging us to seek more than cheap, superficial, and extremely transitory approval from the often unidentified they that live to see who is trending. We are called to life that matters in the real world and is shared with real people who understand the real point of life. Come to the table and really live. I think we live in a world that is so superficial and silly, misguided, I just think we need places to where we come and we're reminded of what matters. 
We just, we are bought into so many stupid things. <laughs> just silly things. And we're, we're listening to the opinions of people that I wouldn't trust to babysit my kids. Right? I just think we need to come to some places where there are some people who know us, who want what is best for us, and who are willing to encourage us and lift us up, and yes, indeed, tell us the truth when we need to hear it. I think that is the value of the table, and I think that's a part of what's missing. I shared the first week about my friend whose family began to disintegrate when they stopped getting together at a table for dinner on a regular basis. I think the same is true of us spiritually. I think when we stop coming together, not in a, just a face forward, this is great, this is fun, this is cool, but in a place where actually there can be talk back happening, where people can actually call us on our stuff and encourage us when we're struggling, and, and we, we've chosen to call that the table. Because so many times in the New Testament, there are stories about Jesus at a table. And so... Um, you're going to hear me today. I'm just going to tell you up front what my point is. My point is get at a table. That's my point. Make sure that you consistently sit at a table, but the right kind of table. You see, the kinds of tables we choose to sit at will determine the outcomes of our lives. I'm going to say that again because that was really good. The, the kinds of tables we choose to sit at will determine the outcomes of our lives. There's a passage, in, it's found in, in John 12. And uh, it's, it's, uh, the circumstances of it surrounding it are really important, but I'm not going to address those today. I just want you to think about the picture of this table, all right? And, and what happens at this table, okay? So six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among them, those reclining at the table with them. Then Mary took uh, about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his uh, feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. By the way, it's just before the triumphal entry, the beginning of the end of Jesus' life leading to the cross. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Now, there's some really interesting things in this story. And, and, and because amazing things happen at the table. So let's just begin with Jesus and Lazarus. There's a whole lot of insight happening in the story. Let's begin with Jesus and Lazarus because um, they were friends. They were friends. When, when Lazarus died before Jesus raised him from the dead, Jesus cried. He was sad. He was sad not because Lazarus was dead and going to stay that way, but he was sad because his friends were hurting, because his sisters, were, Lazarus' sisters were hurting. Uh, so I was, I was thinking about this, and it says they reclined at the table. Now, I know that that's not unusual for this 
This, that was the way they ate, okay? That was normal. It wasn't unusual. But I was thinking about the posture of reclining at the table. We would never do that, right? We don't, that's not how we eat. But I'm just thinking about the... So think about this table, and here's Jesus, and he's friends with Lazarus. He's also, he's also his, his resurrector, if you will. I mean, he's a lot more than friends, but he's, he's a friend. And I was, in my prayer time recently, I was praying, and I was, I was talking to God, and I was like, God, I want to be, be more than friends. I, I, and more than, uh, than uh, okay. So in my prayer time, I tend to be pretty needy. Anybody else like that? Like a whole lot of talk about my needs, you know? And, and, and I, I guess it's not appropriate to ask God how he's doing on a given day because, well, you know, he's God. He's probably doing pretty good, uh, right? But there is this sense where I want to move beyond always being needy in his presence. I want, when, when God created humans to, and he walked in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve, it wasn't about neediness. There was no neediness. There it was about friendship. And I was, I was in my perch. I was re- recently praying, God, help me. Just enjoy being with you and just sharing my day or my, my observations about your creation or, or observations from your word. Just help me just kind of be with you and not always be so in need. I, I am in need. I admit that. I don't want to act like I'm not in need, but can it be about more than that? And I was just <clears throat> thinking about Lazarus. <clears throat> at, at they're reclining. They're, they're, and it's with the other disciples probably. And, and, and I just, I love that picture of friendship that's happening there. And then there's uh, Martha, who is, of course, serving because she is a task-oriented person. And we know from Martha that those of you who are task-oriented need to remember that sometimes you need to stop tasking and sit down and eat, right? And so we, we learn something from Martha, who's taking, so she's probably got the, she has the gifts of helps and administration probably, and, and she's expressing those gifts. But, but we know from another instance that sometimes she needs to just sit down and be with Jesus. And, and then there's... Uh, Mary, Mary, who pours out this expensive perfume. I love that Mary, and I'm not, I'm, this is not me. This is not who I am. But I, I admire, and I would like to acquire some skills at least, or awareness of. She loved, she loved deeply and, and gave extravagantly. She loved deeply and she gave extravagantly. I, I, I just, there are people who just, enter into a moment with you and you just know their whole heart is in it. Whether they're, they're empathizing with the pain you're going through or they're celebrating something wonderful that just happened. There are people who have kind of lowered the priority of self to the point where they can actually enter into your, your pain or joy or whatever it is. And I, I think Mary was just all in. And that's what Jesus was saying. It's okay. It's okay to be all in because what's happening here is pretty important stuff. And then, and then there was um, Judas, whose real character was revealed. I don't want to start a, a theological discussion that came much later in church history, but was he ever really at the table? Was he ever really a part of the team? I think there's a couple of interesting things about Judas that, that he looked good and everybody would look at him and go, oh, he's one of Jesus' disciples. But in reality, disciples knew he was, he was stealing, stealing from the pot all the time. They knew it already. They knew what was going on. Here's what happens at the table. When you're around people and you come to the table, you better be careful because if you're not serious about becoming who God wants you to be, um, you're in trouble because they'll discover the truth. See, being around the table reveals things about us. And if we're there to learn and we're there to grow, it's okay because the Holy Spirit points out and other people inform me, hey, you got a problem there. And then together we find healing or hope or change to deal with that. But if you're not serious about becoming more like Jesus, be careful about coming to the table because things get revealed at the table. 
I then, then I was, I was kind of just thinking about verse seven, where he says, the poor are always going to be with you. It sounds like Jesus saying, don't help for the poor. It's not true. Elsewhere, he talks about caring for the poor. He's just saying, make sure you understand what the priority is. The spiritual is always the priority over the physical. The eternal is always the priority over the temporal. Always make sure you've got things in right order. For example, if you're, if you're dealing with a situation, look at the spiritual side of it first. Because our inclination is to go, okay, I got to do this, and I do this, I do this, I can fix this right here. Maybe you should stop and say, is there a spiritual implication of what's going on here? Now, I know people who only do the spiritual, and they're like, oh, you know, they're after me, the bad people, or the, the, the demons, right? and I'm like, no, you just got to eat better, you know? I mean, the physical is a real thing, but start with the spiritual. Is there a spiritual issue going on here? And then in, in verse 9, we find that people had heard and they came to see. What's so great about the table is that, is that anybody can come to the table, Jesus didn't, hey, they weren't even there for the right reasons. They were there to see if the dead guy really was alive. I mean, that's what they're, they're looking at Lazarus going, what really happened? And Jesus is okay. He doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't tell them to leave. They're welcome to observe the table as, as the people are eating and sharing. And then um, there's the teachers and the Pharisees and the religious types the self-righteous, if you will. They can never come to the table. The self-righteous can never come to the table because they'd have to admit they need help. They're too proud. By the way, much of what we see in, in our society about people standing up for other people, so it's all about self-righteousness. They don't really care that much about other people. It's about self-righteousness. There's not a whole lot of genuine stuff about it. And don't read any more into that than you need to look in the mirror and so do I. And, and the self-righteous, they're too busy self-justifying, too busy signaling that I've got this, uh, I'm a better person. They won't come to the table. Not only will they not come to the table because they can't admit they need help from God and from others, they will actually actively try to destroy the table or you coming to the table. See, they were, they, here, this was a political situation, and it was so serious. They were so afraid of losing power. They were going to both kill Jesus, which they did, and they were going to kill Lazarus. I, if, think about the guy who was sent to kill Lazarus. Don't know if it's going to work. Didn't work last time. You know what I'm saying? If you think politics are rough these days, look at that. That was all about politics, right? So I look at this table, and I just think there's a whole lot going on at this table. And I want to suggest to you that, that whatever table you choose to sit at, there's probably a whole lot going on there. And that's why sitting at a table, the right table, consistently being honest and being transparent, being vulnerable in order to grow and become more like Jesus is extremely important. That's a part of why around here we're trying to finish this building up so we can get more tables for adults and for children so that people can grow. They don't have to pretend. They don't have to just project like you do on the internet. Whatever. Really becoming like Jesus. So I was, um, <clears throat> my wife was back in, in uh, Oklahoma. She's from Tulsa. Uh, she's been wearing shoes about 20 years now. It's great. And um, it's a hillbilly joke if you didn't catch that. Redneck. Okay, so um, she's back there and visited her mom for her birthday. Mom's 86 last week, and, and she threw a little birthday party for her mom and all the other widows because uh, most of them are widowed. And, and uh, she invited all of them, and they've all been friends forever, I mean, for a long time. And, and Connie's known them all of her life. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and at, at, 
At lunch, one of them looked under the, the, the table and went, oh, this is your table. This is the one. And she, ah, yeah. So Betty has always had her, I think it was her grandmother's uh, oak pedestal table, like from, you know, like 1900 or a little earlier, maybe. Beautiful old oak, just sturdy as a rock. And, and she still has it. And, you know, it's been refinished a couple times, whatever. It's beautiful. And the woman says, oh, just think about what's happened around this table. And just think about all the stories. Think about all the prayers that have been prayed at this table. Think about all the, the affirmations that have been generated. Think about the corrections that had to happen. Think about it, all that has happened at this table. I was, I was thinking about that. There's something powerful about having a community, having people who have been meeting around the table with for a long time, because you have a different perspective. So uh, this table here is from my family home. This is my mom's table. Okay, full disclosure, the legs are from that. The top rotted, and I had to put a new one on it. But, and I think about this table, and I think about the stories I have around this. I, 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 I got to tell you one real quick. Uh, it might not be that quick. But anyway, uh, I remember I was a teenager, and we were around the table. We're having dinner because we often, almost always had dinner together. And, and, and in the Midwest, uh, in Chicago, they have these, these uh, like rolls, but they're crunchy on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. Oh, they're incredible. And, uh, and so just being honorary, I reached past to my mom. Instead of asking her to pass the rolls, I reached past her. I grabbed a roll. And as I carried it across her glass of iced tea, I crunched it. Oh, yeah. And my mom, who is as honorary as I am, um, well, the next thing I knew, it was in my lap. The, uh, the glass of tea had somehow found its way onto me <laughs> with crumbs and all. And I don't remember what happened next, but the next memory I have is my dad chasing me around the block with a pitcher of tea, trying to pour it on me, giggling like a little girl. Now, if you never, if you never met my dad, he's gone now, but he was only about this tall and his legs were about that long. And I was in pretty good shape and I was giggling harder than he was just watching his little legs try to keep up. And that was a memory I have from that table I did. I was thinking about the tables and what happens at the table, both the family table and the church family table, and why they're so important. Um, you know what happens at the table? We grow up at the table. We grow up at the table. Not only as a family do we grow up and have silly stories like that, we have other important conversations as well, and even some rebukes and some correction probably. But we grow up. Same thing happens as our church family. What we find at the table is who I am and what's my purpose. Who I'm, it, I read a, a thing recently. They call this the existence clarification. Who I am and why am I here? One of the most powerful things. You sit at the wrong table, they're going to tell you, well, you are what you have. You are what you achieve. Here we tell you, you're a child of God. At this table, we remind you on a regular basis, you're a child of God. If your life is going great, be grateful you're a child of God. If it's going really bad, it's going to be okay. You're a child of God. We remind you. Here's what it says in Galatians. It says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. We are a child of God. We are heirs according to his promise. Not only are we a child of God, we're also his friends. Here's what it says in John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. And then a little later it says that you may go and bear fruit 
And this is my command, love one another. I am a child of God. I am a friend of God. I have been put here to bear fruit, to somehow allow my relationship with God to result in impact in other people's lives, thus bearing fruit. And it probably comes from the last phrase, by loving each other. You come to tables all the time to tell us to be better salesmen, better teachers, better what. Those are all fine. But who you are is determined at this table with the one who created you and others who want to know who they are in following him. We grow up at the table. We grow strong and healthy. If it's the right kind of table, we grow strong and healthy. It reminds us, reminds us, uh, prioritize our lives. Not all voices are equal. Not all opportunities are equal. We need to have priorities. What's most important? And at this table, we're reminded of our priorities. We're reminded that we're not the only one living that way. Reminded that we're not crazy. Um, I, I read a story this week about a pastor who was uh, speaking, and uh, whatever the topic was that we speak about, it it, it, it touched a young woman uh, pretty deeply. And, and so after everybody else left, she was sitting off to the side and <clears throat> went over to say, hey, you all right? Can somebody can talk to you about it? said, I have to be honest with you. Today, during your talk, I felt really strongly that I'm supposed to, and then she articulated what I was, and I don't remember something she was supposed to stop doing or something she was supposed to start doing. doesn't matter. And he said, do you think that was God? She said, I'm pretty sure. He said, well, what's the problem? I don't know if I want to do that. He said, well, let me tell you something. I'm going to leave you a pen and paper. I'm going to step out. And uh, I want you to write something. You can write no, or you can write Lord, but you can't write both. You see, here's the key. If Jesus is Lord of my life, and if the people sitting at this table have committed their lives to Jesus, you don't get to say, no, Lord. Because if you say no, he's not in charge. You don't get to say no to him. Here's what we do at the tables. We help each other say yes. We help each other have the courage to confront whatever issue needs to be corrected, to take that step of faith, that step of generosity, whatever it is that he's leading us to do so that we can continue to sit at a table where Jesus is Lord. And when we forget that, we begin to think that we know better or someone else knows better. I love Peter because Peter is as crazy as I am. Peter was always just Doing stuff. Ready, fire, aim. That was his motto. I love Peter. Listen to this. This is what happened to Matthew. <clears throat> From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day to be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> He's rebuking Jesus. I love Peter. He's not bright, but I really like him. He's rebuking me. He says, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. So never, Lord. So never, Lord. Words that don't go together. Just like, no, Lord. Listen to this. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He says, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Here's what happens to us all the time. Lord, I want you to forgive me. I want you to save me. I want to go to heaven forever. I want you to be in charge of my life. And within hours, we have, we have autopiloted our way back to being self-determining. 
And we have to constantly fight that, constantly putting ourselves back in that spot where, God, you're in charge, you're in charge, you're in charge. And we need people with us who remind us that's not the craziest thing you've ever done. The crazy thing is to know what's coming and to not live accordingly. Right? To be given the greatest offer in the history of the world, to be reconciled to your creator and to spend eternity with him and to decide to live on your own. No, I think I'm good. At the table, we remember to say, yes, Lord whether it's to give up something or to add something or to do something. We grow up and we grow healthy. Sometimes we need to grow through renunciation. Instead of saying, how can I get more? We need to say, what can I do without? How can I find myself? How can I lose myself? See, the the biblical kingdom is just upside down. When you find yourself, you're going to realize you need God. So let's just start with needing God. How can I win friends and influence people? Or how can I love God? And then I'll be like Jesus. I'll have all the friends and influence I need. Here's what it says in Matthew 10. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. At the table, we remind each other to lose our selfishness, our self-generated whatever, and trust God and to grow to be like Jesus. We... We not only grow up, we grow healthy and strong, and we grow together. Have you ever had a couple say, well, you know, we broke up. We just grew apart. We just grew apart. I've never heard anybody who said that who was around the table on a regular basis. Because what happens at the table is you grow together. What happens in the body of Christ is we're to grow together. We come together to grow together, not to grow apart. We participate together in the things that matter. Here's what it says in 1 John. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. By the way, that is a pretty good test for the rhetoric and narratives that are being told in our society. If you see somebody putting their life on a line sacrificially in love of others, you probably should listen to them. They may not be right, but they got a better chance than the guy spouting off on the internet. That was good. It was harsh. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Okay. Um, We grow together. And then honestly, if we are blessed enough, we get to grow old at the table. See, there's something sitting at it. I had a guy say this to me just recently. He said, I want to talk to you because you know, you're, like, you're like my age and you understand. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're way older than me, dude. <laughs> there is something about those ladies sitting at that birthday lunch. And they look at each other and they know. You see, I don't think anybody else appreciates old people like old people. Because old people know what they've had to go through. Young people think it's all roses and happy, happy. They have no idea the kind of stuff they've had to wade through, the kind of battles they've had to fight for their children, the kind, of, the kind of stuff they've had to sacrifice. Old people look at each other. They have an understanding you and I don't have. I know. I'm getting close. The arthritis is setting in. I get it. Let me read this for you. This is, this is Paul. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. What a wonderful thing to sit at a table with people that you have been traveling this journey with for a long time.
Today I wanted, I wanted to do something because I, like, um, I feel like we're giving and we're making pledges. And if you don't know what's going on with that, Cody will explain a little bit in a minute. But I, I was just thinking about, I, I just want us to think about what happens at a church when we get at tables and things happen. And then think about the fact that 30 years ago, this was a piece of dirt. And probably not many of us in this room helped pay for this building. Certainly not this campus. This was dirt. And somebody cared enough about Christians getting together to be encouraged and encouraging others to become Christians, that they built this, not just for themselves, but for future generations. So today, I'm going to invite Matt out. Matt is uh, my son-in-law, and I made him come cook and not say a word the other day. So this time, I'm going to let him talk a little bit, okay? So uh, Matt, where are you at? You around somewhere? Is he hiding? Oh, hiding. Oh, hi, sugars. This is my granddaughter, Noelle. Hi. Can you wave? I want to try some. If you guys wave to her, maybe she'll wave back. Wave. 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 She's like, I don't know. She didn't know about it. She didn't know about it. She's like the guy in the front row a little scary. <clears throat> hey, uh, out on the board, Matt, we yeah. have, we have, we invited people to write down the major events of their life that yeah. happened. By the way, we're raising money. We brought out a baby, okay? <laughs> we will stop at nothing to get you to be generous. Um, so, um, I should go right. Tell us about, the, the, I, don't know, I don't think, I think there's like 11 events. Yeah, I wrote them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we want to encourage you after service. I know. We want to encourage you after service, actually. There's a board out there that has kind of 11 major milestones uh, of faith or just things that have happened in life. And I realized that every single metric, uh, life-changing uh, moment of my life happened at the table at this church. Uh, on Wednesday at our um, staff devos, Cody, very excited, I know. Very excited. She's a people person. She very much is, yeah. She hasn't had her nap this morning. A little cranky. Um, so yeah, I, I, at, our, at our staff Devo, Cody, he uh, had us like break up and grab the little stickers and put our name next to one of the things that happened while we were at this church. And I realized that every single one from having a child, Noelle, meet the rest of your family. She has the coolest birthday. It's uh, 2222, which is super easy to remember. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I got baptized here. Um, I raised a child here. Um, I'm raising one. I joined Rooted. Um, I got married here. Uh, which, by the way, these aren't in order. Um, I got married before I, yeah. Uh, just figured I'd say that. Uh, I met Jesus here. I served on a team here. Uh, I made good friends here. I participated in a giving campaign. I found my home church. I experienced breakthrough in my faith. And those are the, the 11 metrics or milestones that are out there. But so much more has happened. I found hope. I found joy. I found my first job. Well, my first job was I worked at a liquor store. That's a story for another time. But uh, I know. I, uh, Cody, you know, offered me the uh, privilege of being his indentured servant. I mean, intern in 2011. <laughs> And I, uh, my life just changed from there, you know. Um, in fact, I remember actually on uh, June 20th was my very first start day here, uh, 2011. And uh, Cody comes over and he goes, hey, uh, we need to do something for Doyle. I'm like, Doyle? Like, who's Doyle? Who named their kid Doyle? Doyle? Like, like, who's? And he's like, the senior pastor of our church? Like, have you never been to a main service? I was like, uh, somehow he hired me without ever sitting in these chairs yet, but I was at the high school group. But I found so much uh, life at this church, and uh, I, found, uh, I found my identity, I found my calling, I found my meaning, I found my purpose, I found my joy, I found my family, um, and I found, I found an incredible life at the table. So tell me about, tell me about this one. She's yeah. going to be at this church. She's going to be at tables at this church. What do you hope happens for her? Yeah, I hope that she finds all of the very same things that I found. I hope that she finds joy, and I hope that she finds life. I hope that she finds her family, and, and, and she finds community. She finds a life that God has for her. 
She finds her calling. And yeah, all the other metrics. I want her to get married here. I want her to join Rooted. I, I want her to get baptized in this, this auditorium. I, I want all the things that happened in my life. I want her to, I want God to protect her from the evil um, and destructive ideologies of this world. I, I, want, I, want, I want her to find the very life that God has for her. And that's why I'm so excited about the vision that God has placed on uh, Doyle and Cody's hearts. That we're providing a place um, and a pathway, right, for people to experience the transformative power and presence um, of God in their lives. And, and so all the things that have happened in my life, the incredible transitions and, and, and blessings that I've experienced over the last 11 or 12 years, is the th- same things I pray uh, over her daily. Good, good. Cody, come up and talk to us about what we're going to do next. Oh, look who's coming. <gasps> Who is it? It's Uncle. What's up? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're buds. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get excited with, when I see me, too. It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Hi. Oh, do you got a little booger in there? I see a little bug coming out of your nose. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, get out, Papa. Put it right here on Papa. Yeah. Is that okay, Dad? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. I didn't bring any kids with me uh, up here, but I've got a couple running around here. Um, you, you said is some of the things that you hope to see happen um, is kind of uh, 10 years ago when I started having kids was some of the same things that I was saying. And what's crazy is it's actually happening. Um, is my daughter next week is going to get baptized, uh, which is pretty awesome. exciting. Yeah. And so it's just seeing, yeah, it's seeing those, those milestones happen. Um, is we're not, we're not, we're not okay with um, just staying where we're at, is God has given us a fresh vision of where we're supposed to go as a church, and a lot of it has to do with um, the people who either aren't here yet or are here and are young, and, and so one of the big things that we've talked about is we're going to be launching a school next year, uh, K through sixth grade, and um, if you're interested in that, either sending your, your child or grandchild or maybe even volunteering or being an employee tomorrow night, uh, in the CLC at 6.30. We're going to have our first meeting that discusses all the details of the school, and so I'll invite you to that and come and hear kind of our vision and our heart and ask some questions about that. Um, but one of the things that I've been affirmed in as we've gone forward in this last season about what God is calling us to is how many people have said yes um, that is exactly what needs to happen and have jumped on board and said, we want to be a part of it. And so um, today is pledge weekend and we're going to be, t- we're going to be taking pledges here in a moment, but we asked a, a group of our, um, uh, of our, our church to go first is to say, Hey, look, you're a part of the leadership here. You're, you're a part of, um, helping this thing move forward. And so if you'll make your pledge before this weekend, and I have a very uh, exciting announcement is that we have already raised 50%, um, of our pledges, uh, yes, already. So out of the five million, we've got over two and a half million dollars already pledged, and um, and so that's going to be for the rest of us. Is the rest of us are going to need to step up and and make sure that happens because um, this next season is all about getting people around tables, whether it's little ones or whether it's people who have been in their faith for a long time or people who aren't even here yet. Is we want to provide tables for everybody, and so what we're going to do is. Uh, Okay, uh, is what we're going <laughs> to, yeah, I know. Um, what we're going to do is, if you've never been a part of a campaign here before, um, we picked this up when we went to Africa. So we have ministry partners in Africa. And during their services, what they do is they do multiple offering times. So they'll do like their tithes, but then they'll have somebody in the church who's getting married. And they'll say, hey, such and such, we're going to provide a honeymoon for them um, or help them in their, uh, support them in their wedding. And so then they'll do a second one. And then they'll do a third one because such and such family has a need. And they... Mm. 
she doesn't like a dance. Her I'm sorry. No, she wants a dance. She's ready to go. And so yeah. what they would do is you don't just pass her on a bucket. They put it up front and then they have a worship song and you're supposed to dance because it says in the scriptures that uh, God loves a cheerful giver and come and bring your tithes, your offerings and your pledges. And so that's what we're going to do today is um, the band's going to come out and they're going to play a song probably that you're pretty familiar with. And uh, we're going to ask that you bring your pledges and put them in these baskets and then head back to your seat. Don't leave quite yet because we've got one more thing that we're going to do. And so, Noelle, are you ready? She's ready. Are you going to dance? She's already yeah. dancing. Woo. She's Woo. ready to go. Woo. Woo. Okay, so when you're ready, come on out and bring your pledges. <laughs> All right. Hey, let me, uh, let me just end in a word of prayer. Lord God, uh, we are so excited for this season that you have brought us into. Lord, this new and fresh vision, this, this place in which we can come and we are all invited to gather around the table to get to know you and one another more. And so Lord, as we take this step of faith where we open up our hands and we give generously because you have given so generously to us, we just pray that you would take this and that you would multiply this, not just financially, but relationally and spiritually, that you would use this to bring in new people into a relationship with you and to grow us in a deeper and more committed relationship with you as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right, now we get to go and we get to party. So head out to the CLC or to the patio. All the stuff is free. Kids have bounce houses over there. Have a great time. We'll see you next week. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this message. And remember, we have live services on Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings in our West Auditorium. Or you can watch live online at scgchurch.org or on our YouTube and Facebook.